Hi, friends. Thanks for tuning in to In Other News, a random podcast about stuff. The kind of stuff you think about every day, or at least some days. Here's the setup. Once upon a time, three young guys worked together to deliver news and weather from a local TV station. Today, they're a little older, a little wiser, and they're back to discuss the things that really matter. And a few things that don't. Thanks for listening. Now here's Axel, Joe, and Adam. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of In Other News, the podcast. I am Joe, along with Adam and Axel. Gentlemen, hello, hello. how are you? Hello, hello. Good. Joe, I was just realizing you have such a wonderful radio voice. Weren't you a DJ once? You were a I DJ. Was. Yeah, I was. Yeah. So Garth Brooks technically put me through college on all his music, but <laughs> to this day, cannot listen to Friends in Low Places any longer. <laughs> oh, that is my wife's favorite song. Just Can't played it last it. night. If you listen to it every time you worked for four years, uh, so you hear it about, what, 8,000 times? I yeah. can do without that. So <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to not have to listen to that one. And speaking of money, that's what this episode is all about. We're, talk, <laughs> we're talking about financial or financial, depending on what part of the Midwest you're, you're from. Is it <laughs> finance or is it finance? Uh, so we'll talk about money hacks. We'll talk about the tips and tricks that we've picked up along the way and, and have some fun conversation along the way as well. So, hey, guys, I was going to ask you. Uh, uh, I saw a couple articles here preparing for this episode. So, like, uh, do you have an idea of how many Americans say they had no idea what they spent last month when it came to their budget? Do you have a guess of, like, how many people said they had no idea what they spent? In a percentage? In a, in a percentage, yep. Oh, I'm going to go with 97%. Yeah, something high. I was going to say 70-something Ooh, well, you know, it's uh, Axel's closer. It's about 65% of Americans have really no idea how much they spent last month, which was yeah. a little like, that's, that's interesting. Uh, I'd also read that about 80% of Americans claim they have a budget, like an actual budget they have prepared for their, you know, month to month finances or annual finances. Uh, and that's up uh, because of the pandemic. It was Closer to like 68% of people said they had a budget just two years ago. So uh, I was looking at what prompts people to actually make a budget. And so it was, you know, people just, what would your, be your guesses? What prompts people to start a budget? A pandemic. <laughs> uh, that one is not on the list. <laughs> so uh, some, sometime of, so go ahead. I was thinking like life factors, like lost your lose your job, have a kid, buy a house. Yeah, I was going to say saving for something, you know, so you can know how much you can save. Yeah, exactly. So Axel's the the hit the biggest number. So if we're doing uh, Family Feud, he would have the number one answer on the board. It's, it, I increase like two your, strikes. <laughs> increase your wealth and savings. But you would have been on the board too, Adam. So like 9% of people said it was because they lost their job or lost their income. There's also an answer about maybe they're, uh, they got a divorce or they lost a spouse. Uh, people are saving for retirement or just trying to pay down debt. That's what people do to... That prompts them to uh, to do a budget. And how do you think people prefer to budget? When you guys budget, what do you prefer to do it? How do you build your budgets? What's a budget? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by how to build a budget? 
Well, do you do you download financial software? Oh, I see. Do you have just do it on the old pen and paper? Uh, uh, do you have an Excel spreadsheet? What do you do? Yeah, no, I don't. It's it's more it's more of at, more ad hoc checking. You know, check checking accounts, saving accounts, balance, checkbook registers. So I I honestly don't have a written down budget. It's more sort of an evolving thing in my mind. Mm-hmm. Axel, did you say checkbook register? Yes. Whoa, (laughs) that's like 90s budgeting right there. Well, it's not down to the penny. And it's funny you ask because last weekend, for some strange reason, my checkbook register, I have no idea how it happened, ended up in the washing machine and came out clean. In other words, all my entries have been erased. (laughs) You're you're rich. (laughs) (laughs) Back to zero. That's right. (laughs) Well, fantastic. Well, most people do it like you, Axel, and I do it that way too pen and paper uh, when you add the old checkbook ledger yeah. you just kind of balance your checkbook that way so you kind of had an idea of how much cash you had that's the way most people do it now otherwise it's it's spreadsheets it's apps uh it's maybe tools that your bank or credit union offers or else maybe some people work with a financial advisor that helps them do their budget but really that's the way we're uh, a lot of americans are are doing it right now as far as preparing how much money they have and how much money they save and how much money they spend so it's amazing how far apps have come so i i actually use an app uh for budgeting and and this app analyzes my bank accounts and tells me my spending habits and predicts how much money i'll have at the end of a pay period and will actually take that out and put it in a savings account and um and what, what surprises me the most, perhaps shocks me the most, is every once in a while it'll send me an alert and it'll say like, hey, you've shopped at Amazon and uh, 24 times in the last six weeks for a total of X, 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 X dollars. <laughs> Five digits. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, really, it's, it's really pretty amazing. Like it it points out things that maybe I wouldn't have caught or thought of. Uh, yeah, trending it also is nice. tells you how many, uh, how many subscriptions you have. Like, mm-hmm. hey, it looks like you're paying for these 24 subscriptions each month. Are you sure yeah. you want to pay for those? Interesting. Hmm, I might have to check that out. Yeah. If, if we were still working in an office setting instead of uh, working remotely, it would say, you buy an awful lot of coffee every day, Joe. I don't, <laughs> yeah. If you put that money aside, you'd have a brand new car right now. <laughs> but you'd what be if, asleep. What if? <laughs> <laughs> well, and you guys, uh, Adam, you just mentioned an app uh, that brings me to a quick follow-up to our episode a couple of weeks ago. If people listened, uh, we did our First uh, app episode, as we called it, right? Uh, where we shared our favorite apps, apps. And if you remember, I brought up the iExit app, right? Which I had downloaded but not tested. And it's an app that helps you um, save a penny or two while you're traveling on the inner. So it's all, it's all interstate travel based. Um, it pulls up restaurants, hotels. But what I used it for on another uh, recent road trip to Florida is I tested it to see if I can get a good deal on gasoline, right? So with my gas-guzzling Suburban, I um, headed out on this 22-hour one-way road trip, which usually results in three or four uh, stops at gas stations. And the way it works is is, is fascinating. 
you start driving and and you really can't test it unless you are on the interstate because otherwise, you know, if I tested it right now, it it I'm not on an interstate, so it says you're not anywhere near an exit, so there's no data. But anyway, so I so I you pull this up, it reads instantly what in, what interstate you're on, and then it shows you a dynamic, like a scrolling list of the gas stations that are coming across your way. And you know, as you know, at each interstate exit, you might find anywhere from you know one to sometimes five gas stations. And so quite nicely, this list just pops up at every exit and it would show you the you know what they charge per gallon. And this made a big difference as we were going through um, states like Illinois and Georgia where prices are a little higher. And in one instance, I kept driving and it was time to get gas. So I pop up, I exit app and sure enough, it brings up the list. And it was, you know, I should mention when I get gas, I don't get gas until it's absolutely necessary. You know, I'm, I'm way <laughs> past the, the the red line on the, on the, it's flashing, the, it's flashing essentially. <laughs> so I was desperate to get gas. And, um, you know, so I said, it's gotta be the ne- one of the next two exits. And sure enough, um, one it pointed me to the second exit in this case and said here is a gas station we can get gas for 2.99 a gallon and as i approach the exit i see all you know the 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 signs with the advertising gas prices and they were all like 3.29 3.25 and i said oh, this can't be what what is this app leading me to but sure enough i pulled off and instead of leading me to you know all of these stations that i saw uh coming up on this exit it asked me to take a right and another right, and here was this small-ish gas station. It wasn't even a; it didn't seem like a you know one of the big chains. Uh, it seemed like what I would consider some type of local, you know, local one-off gas station, where indeed gas was two ninety-nine, and it was wow. not visible from the interstate. I would not have seen it at all if it wasn't for this app telling me take a right, take another right, and it was just like you know half a mile, if even that, maybe a third of a mile from the interstate. And here I saved 30 cents. And on a 30-gallon tank, 30 cents is, what's my math here? Nine bucks? That's not yeah, bad. Right. Yeah, that's not bad. So highly recommend this app. It also, what's nice is you don't have to scroll because as you drive, it just puts the next available gas stations on top over and over and over. So you could just pop it on, you know, during the whole trip in theory and just let it let it ride with you. And um, it does the same for hotels and, you know, fast food options, things like that, which I haven't tested. But it's really it was a really nice win for for gas purposes. So check it out, guys. Nice. Yeah, what's the name of the app again? I exit. I exit. Nice. Yep. And we'll have to put that on our Facebook page. Yeah. Put a link to it. You know, it has a little bit of a commercial aspect to it because it's a free app. So, you know, they, they pop on certain not not commercials per se, but. The list of gas stations included every once in a while it included a you know clickable hotel type thing to add, but it was uh, not bothersome at all. So really loved it. Yeah, I've used the Gas Buddy app quite a bit, but uh, I like the idea of the one that you just mentioned because it has all the other options. Like as you're traveling down the interstate, it'd be great to know as are all the food options right here, or is there something that we would actually prefer just? Yeah. Around the corner, like you found your gas station. So, oh, and one more thing on the gas thing. So, so not only does it give you the upcoming prices, it also it also color codes them. I think there are four colors: like green, yellow, orange, and red. And green was, you know, priced under average, and all the way to red was way above average. 
So, you know, if you just, if you're a driver and you don't have a passenger with you who can kind of scan it for you, if you just glance over for half a second and you see a bunch of prices that are shaded in red, you know, you're going to get, you know, too much of a, you're going to pay too much because you could get it cheaper somewhere else. So really nicely done. Where do you suppose it gets updates from? Well, I wonder, you know, and I was texting you guys, right, as I used it. And I initially, I thought it was user generated input. Because the prices that were displayed were always a day or two old. And I thought, well, maybe it is like, uh, you know, other other programs where it depends on users sharing that information. But as I observed it for the rest of the trip, somehow it pulls it officially from somewhere because it was consistent. You know, every gas station in your path was listed there. And I'm not sure how. Probably in their terms of use, it allowed them permission to link your data to your credit card <laughs> to a Russian server to yeah, triangulate well. how much gas is per <laughs> gallon every time that you fill up. Yes, and then somehow <laughs> turn me against the government. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Oh, hey, well, uh, that's great tips, uh, Axel, and great idea for downloading that app. I got to do that. So why don't we kind of uh, transition from there into our topic du jour for this episode, talking about uh, money hacks and, and finances and, and the like. So we're going to kind of go around the horn here and throw out some uh, some financial hacks that we picked up along the way. Uh, Adam. Well, we start with you. Critically important because isn't it like uh, let's see, it's it's less than sixty days until Christmas, right? Oh, so yes. right. We uh, so we all need uh, need a little bit of money in our wallets uh, to treat those who we love uh, to wonderful Christmas gifts. But uh, the first one that I have comes from the marketing director, actually. Um, when I said the topic, uh, she said, "Hey." You got to talk about Target curbside. Do you guys use Target curbside? No, I had a couple of times. Yes, like we are totally in love with Target curbside, and um, it's so slick and easy. But but here's the reason that it shows up on our money saving list. So first of all, when you log in uh, to to the Target app, um, it's at least for us, it's been generating automatic discounts if we do. Uh, curbside pickup. So you hmm. get this automatic discount. Uh, the second thing is that you make fewer impulse buys. Yes. So uh, certainly that saves you some money as you're not, you know, walking through saying mm, that bag of chips looks really good. Um, it saves you time. And some might argue that time is money. Time is money. And then the other thing that we've seen is that, uh, you know, it begins to learn your purchasing habits and sends you coupons or discounts based on some of the things that are important to you. So uh, we're fans of Target, fans of the curbside. It's super, super slick. Uh, And uh, we would say that it saved us a pretty significant chunk of change here uh, since we started using it over the last year. I I wholeheartedly agree, Adam, and I think this is much the same that I've experienced and was going to mention here with online grocery shopping, right? Same, same, same principle. You make your selections on a website and pick it up without going in, browsing, making impulse buys. And the reason why I like it, it too, you know, the chain that I use, uh, which is Hy-Vee in the Midwest, that's our big chain here. It too learns your, learns your, um, 
habits and doesn't necessarily make suggestions, but it says, here's what you bought last time. And when you're in a rush, you can quickly rely on that. But the other thing I love about it is, I, you know, I, I, I do all the grocery shopping for our family. And so I, I like perusing ads and whatnot. And so doing this online, I love the idea to pull up an ad and it tells you, okay, this is on sale, let's say ground beef, and you can click on it and boom, it's in your cart. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, or anything else. I like the way that it's organized. You can just, you know, pick and choose really efficiently. Time is money, like you said. And yeah, me too. I think I have saved plenty of dollars doing it this way. Very cool. Speaking of Hy-Vee, I guess I will go with a hack next, which was, so I was at Hy-Vee yesterday. I had a day off uh, picking up some random groceries. And That's I right. don't normally... One of us is older <laughs> That's right. today. One of us is another year older. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm in line and, and I don't uh, belong to their gas saver club. Oh, the fuel saver. Joel, you must saver. join. Yes, <laughs> join. <laughs> so the guy in front of me, he, I, he only had like a handful of items. It wasn't crazy amount and he took his receipt and the clerk goes you save 43 cents a gallon on your gas saver rewards for your purchases i'm like hmm, that's not bad i know there are other people that uh, uh that i know that have sometimes they go to uh high v and they cash in and their gas is like nine cents a gallon it's just remarkable um so if you're gonna if you need groceries uh, and you need gas, might might as well uh, try uh, one of those fuel saver opportunities at your your local grocery store to see if you can save some cash. So, Joe, after you heard that, did you say I I would like to sign up, or you were like, no, I prefer paying more for gas. I prefer paying more for gas. No, uh, <laughs> it shows my extreme wealth if I can pay full full price per gallon. So the thing is that we don't do all our grocery shopping at one store. So if we did everything at Hy-Vee, I think we would probably save a lot of money. But uh, where we live here in town, we are awfully close to Costco, which tends to be the lowest posted gas price in town before uh, discounts kick in. Yes, indeed. Uh, here's here's another tip that I have, and maybe you guys, uh, this one this one's probably from the obvious category, and maybe the time has passed. But uh, look at refinancing your mortgage. So just did that. Yeah, uh, we just did that too, and uh, locked in at two percent. So basically, if you were, you know, anywhere north of say two and a half percent, you should probably look at it. For us. It saves uh, uh, on the payment about three hundred bucks a month, and that's uh, nice. if you factor that over the fifteen-year term of the loan, that is significant money uh, saved mm-hmm. over the life of the loan. Yeah, for us, it was the opposite. No, I shouldn't say the opposite, but our monthly payments stayed the same, but we cut our uh, mortgage duration in half from thirty down to fifteen, yeah. which yeah. is you know mm-hmm. just the same. So, yeah, still saving absolutely absolute tens of thousands oh, of dollars. Yes, yeah, interest yes. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and they are uh, and the the other thing to tag on to that is uh, these mortgage places can be pretty competitive. So if you get uh, what we were able to do is we were able to find one uh, loan shark who may have been a little bit shady, but, uh, <laughs> gave us a super low rate and uh, had a more reputable place uh, match that rate. Uh, including the closing costs. So, uh, yeah, so people it's... may not think that, you know, just like any other offer, who thinks about going 
you know, shopping around for loans and saying, hey, this is what they offer. Can you match it? Right. Mm -hmm. It never, I operate under the assumption it never hurts to ask. That's true. Right. That is true. Uh, Guys, I'm going to bring up another app that I should have shared last time we talked, but it didn't occur to me until I prepared for this episode. And this is one of those apps where um, you are uh, capturing your receipts to, uh, you know, collect points or pennies or whatever it might be. And a while, many years ago, I was in a phase to just use a ton of these apps. But, you know, in the end, it just amounts to like, two dollars after six months and it's like what what is this really worth but there's one app i really stuck to now for i think at least five or six years now and it's called receipt hog receipt receipt hog and Uh, the reason i love it is it's because it's awfully simple all all you do is snap a photo of your receipt and that's it. it and based on the amount of the receipt it gives you points and when you reach a certain level you can exchange the points for gift cards either to amazon visa or PayPal. And I'm now on my third $40 gift card that I'm approaching. And it's just, you just, you just take a photo of your receipt. There are no surveys. Well, every once in a while, there's a small, small survey, but you don't have to link it to anything. You just snap that receipt and, and off you go. Is it like one point equals one tenth of a cent though? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the ratio is not good at all, but if you, um, you can upload 20 receipts per week and you know that's easy to do with a you know family of six purchasing yeah. stuff all the time so um i have found it to be very unobtrusive it is well it is claimed to be secure but i it has not resulted in any you know junk mail junk emails uh and just i've just kind of made it a habit to do it and and like i said i'm about to get my third gift card out of the steel and that's pretty neat and it's you know 40 bucks is not bad yeah do you do you wonder who really cares about axel's receipts like what are they <laughs> doing with that <laughs> well i think there is a there's a market research component with it right it's yeah, it's right. and i've meant to research who's behind it and all that because um every once in a while they ask you okay you know did you shop by yourself did you have a family with you or you know was this your only store um, and you know, I guess in the name of research, it doesn't, it didn't seem as commercialized as some of the other apps. You know, there's that one that a lot of people love called, um, Ibotta. Oh yes. You heard of it, right? Yes, and I've I, heard I of that. Cannot stand it because it's so like, you know, 50 cents here, 20 cents there. And I, I can appreciate saving pennies here and there, but it's just the simplicity of this one. Yeah. Hmm. Very nice. Well, as uh, we were getting set to kick off this episode, I had mentioned to Adam, like, I'm not even sure why I'm doing this episode because I'm one of these guys that the sticker is the price and (laughs) negotiating is not my strong. So uh, that said, uh, there was someone that uh, we all used to work with uh, back in the day. His wife was outstanding at, say, you're going to a hotel and this was in the days before you reserved online or you did these apps, these competitive bid apps, and they would walk in and uh, what's your rate for the night? And they'd say, oh, it's $200. And she'd say, is that the best you can do? And then the clerk would say, well, hold on a second. <laughs> uh, we can, I would put this discount on. I can get to you for 185 Is that the best you can do? Oh, let me check. 
huge. And by then, you know, they'd be shaving three or four times. The price would keep going lower and lower, and then they'd get the room for uh, a satisfactory price. So it, it, as much as it pains me to ask, is that the best you can do? It is actually a winning strategy yeah. that can save you some money. Yeah. Axel, you should have done that on your uh, trip back uh uh, that one time where you had to try and find the person working the counter at the hotel. I know they weren't there and we did not frequent that hotel this time around uh, here last weekend, but I could uh, hear you yelling now, is that the best you can do? <laughs> but you know, on that note, because I do frequently stay at hotels during these road trips, I did, I go a lot through uh, hotel.com, right. Which mm-hmm. is uh, get some good deals there. And I did sign up for the free, you know, frequent, uh, what do you call it? Frequent booker deal, whatever. And I was just informed yesterday that I now have a free night in a hotel worth up to $120 because I've done it 10 times paid for it. So, you know, it pays off to just sign up for some of these things when you, if you can be sure that it's not going to, you know, hijack your data in some way. And this seemed okay. Here's, uh, here's, here's the two final tips that I have. Well, actually it's, one tip and then a bonus tip that I just thought of. So I have this app called uh, Acorns. Have you guys heard of Acorns? Yeah, you've mentioned it before. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I probably talked about it last time. We'll we'll put a link to it in the in social media. But it's this. It just kind of works behind the scenes. It's connected to my bank account. It looks at my transactions and it just rounds them up. You know, like some of these uh, when you're when you're in a store, they'll say, "Hey, do you want to round it up for charity?" And I'm like, "I'm already rounding it up." Um, for me, but no, I, uh, <laughs> I usually do round it up, but, but, um, but it just kind of works in the background. And when it hits, you know, $5 in roundups, it, uh, withdraws that money and then it invests it. And, uh, and, uh, it's, you can pull it out whenever you want and you can use it however you want. You're not locked into anything. And, uh, it's returned, I think about over the life that I've had it, which has been three years, I think it's returned 19%, uh, on the investment. And so, uh, it's amazing how these little roundups work. I, I have, uh, I think in the, uh, four years that I've had it, it's, uh, it's yielded about $3,000. That's a really nice return rate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, you know, like I said, you never notice it. Um, you know, it's not like it's going to like overdraft your bank account when it pulls out $5 and 84 cents twice a week or whatever. Um, so we have multiple accounts plugged into it and it just, uh, it does the roundup for us. That's intriguing. I should try that. Is it acorn or acorns? Acorns. Acorns. Yeah. Yep. I have a million in my yard right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, not advisable to put your money in those. Um, the other, uh, the other bonus tip that I have is when you do you guys shop at Home Depot at all? Rarely. Occasionally. Occasionally. I learned this recently. Like I, I, I learned this experience at Home Depot about once every year and a half. But if you go to Home Depot, um, in my most recent trip, uh, I, I, I got this impact wrench and. I was looking for it because they price match um, and I found it cheaper somewhere else and I knew that they would price match that. <clears throat> but the box was damaged. I thought nothing of it because I was mm. going to price match it anyway. So I take it up to the guy and I'm like, hey, will you price match uh, this uh, wrench? And they're like, yeah, of course we will. 
but he said, but the box is damaged. And I'm like, well, that's okay. Cause you're price matching. And he's like, no, I can do better than the price match. And their starting point was 50% off the item, which wow. for me was $120 off the item. Nice. That um, is nice. So now whenever I'm in Home Depot, I am looking for damaged goods. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sneaking around the corner and punching the box? Yeah. <laughs> go, I'm just trying out this hammer. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Ooh, this box appears to be damaged. <laughs> That's, that is a great tip. That is a great tip. Yeah. Um, I have one more for you guys here too. Uh, and this is good for uh, parents of youngins who have a lot of daycare costs still to deal with. And um, you guys may have done this too uh, earlier uh, when you all were young, right? As young as me right now. <laughs> I, I think I am the youngest, in fact, of this trio. Yeah. But uh, long story short, um, through our work, I have a, uh, what is it called? A dependent care flexible spending account, right? So every yeah. every paycheck, uh, uh, some money comes off it before taxes and goes into that account and is meant to pay for, in my case, daycare expenses. And in theory, I could make a withdrawal from that flex spending account every time I get a daycare bill, right? Um, but instead of doing that, <clears throat> I don't, I only do a withdrawal at the end of the year and of course, by that time, I I already have paid my daycare expenses on a monthly basis because you know daycares don't wait for a whole year for you to pay the bill. So essentially, you pay you know, you save the money in advance. You pay you pay your daycare expenses out of your own pocket, and then at the end of the year, I withdraw what's usually you know four or five thousand dollars, which is meant to pay for daycare, but it's really just a reimbursement to yourself because you already paid it. And guess what? It usually turns into a nice budget for for Christmas spending. Nice. So you know you use it as a saving mechanism throughout the year, and and the other thing is it's it's just too cumbersome every month to go through the process of submitting this receipt, fill out all the paperwork, even though it's online, and get that reimbursement check, which is completely legit to do. But for us, it just turned into a nice savings vehicle where we could say, yeah, you know, every December we'll have that that withdrawal to empty that account because. If you don't use it, you lose it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember when we used that account for uh, our son that it was, we did it twice a year (laughs) because yeah, it just the, it, he didn't want to waste time filling out that worksheet every week. It's more hassle than we'll just do it twice. We'll do it mid-year. We'll do it end of year. And then we'll claim all that cash that we, we paid for it. So there you go. Good tip. Uh, that was going to be part of my uh, last tip and the bonus tip here. So any of these accounts, whether it's Acorns, whether it's um, dependent spending, uh, whether it's you know life insurance, have it taken, if you are fortunate enough to have a paycheck, have that taken out of your paycheck before it even hits your bank account so you don't see it so that money can accumulate if it ever hits your bank account to begin with and it's invested or put towards something else, then you don't miss it. Uh, you don't have any yearning for that cash and then it, it can grow nice and quietly and, and 
and do well. But my bonus tip was uh, going to be uh, marry a spouse who is especially cost conscious because I can tell <laughs> I married up in many ways. And one of those is uh, being financially astute. So uh, being married to my lovely bride has certainly kept me from uh, spending money more foolishly yes. like I did in my younger days. <laughs> but apparently has not taught you to negotiate. No, no, I, I just, I hate that. The sticker should be the price. Why are you putting a sticker on it if that's not the price? Joe, I cannot tell you, you know, I'm, I am in our household what your wife is in your household. I cannot tell you the level of cringing I do when my wife says, oh, I can quick pick up these groceries we need. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, but you don't know what a pound of butter should cost. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, uh, I, I try to ignore the receipts she brings back home because it's not always a savings. <laughs> do you scan her receipts into your app? I still do that because I get more points in this case. You just do it with your eyes covered. <laughs> yes, that's right. You just tell yourself, I'm even though, that costs a little bit more. I'm going to make more on the the, the back end there. Or Get something out of it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. That was a great round of tips. I think uh, I learned something. I hope uh, our listeners picked up something along that as well. If nothing else, they at least had a few laughs at my expense, at least. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, we take a just brief pause. I think we got a lightning round coming up with uh, Axel kicking us off here. So let's take a break and uh, get ready for lightning round. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Joe Adam, keep your thinking caps on. We are staying on the financial theme for this lightning round. <clears throat> I have a collection of questions here that are multiple choice, true or false, couple of trick questions. And I think you'll walk away with some good water cooler knowledge you can share tomorrow at, at work or with your family. So you guys ready to at kick work it off? from home? Like wow. With my... <laughs> the virtual water cooler. Oh, okay. <laughs> Zoom water cooler. <laughs> Uh, Joe, why don't we start with you? What is this is a multiple choice? What is the average debt among American consumers? Is it A, $42,000, B, $62,000, or C, $92,000? Ooh, average debt. Let's go the middle. We'll go with B. Sadly, it is $92,000. Actually, $92,727. This was... Granted, this was a year or two ago, so maybe a little higher now. Who knows? That probably includes your house. I suppose. You know, that's a good, that's my... a fair question. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't specify that. House, cars, boats. I was yachts. trying to figure yeah. out if I was above average or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, this 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 leads to the next question, actually, Adam. For you, sticking with this debt theme, outside of mortgage debt. What is the biggest category contributing to that overall number? Is it A, credit cards, or B, student loans? Ooh. Ooh. Um, student loans. You are correct, and it's actually a big difference. Student loans are, on average, $38,000, and credit cards only $5,000, which surprised really? me a little bit. I thought that'd be way higher. But is that, do you think that that's because credit card companies probably cut you off before you get up that high? Like that's you know, yeah, like, that's true. Probably yeah. warning, warning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it, you know, it, you could have ten credit cards each with five thousand. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Joe. Next uh, to you here in two thousand and twenty, what was the cost to make a penny? 
Actually, I'm sorry. This is a question for both of you guys. Oh, okay. what does it cost to make a penny? I want you guys to suggest a number and see who's closer. I'm going to say it costs uh, six cents to make a penny. Uh, what do you, Adam? I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to do the old prices right thing and say five cents. <laughs> well, you would have you you would have come on down, Adam, because you are closer. <laughs> but it is actually only quote-unquote, 1.76 cents. You know, still more than the penny's worth, actually, but it is only 1.76 cents. And that not only includes the um, manufacturing of it, but also the distribution, the all the legalities that go with it. So 1.76 cents. And did you know that is actually almost 20% cheaper than it was just a year earlier when it was two cents almost, double, really? double the price here. Is that so, because the price of copper went down? Yep, copper and yeah. zinc prices went down. Same same thing happened for the nickel. I don't have the nickel numbers so here, but yeah, that is the reason. Huh. <laughs> uh, back to, uh, let's see whose turn is it. Joe, how many words can you make from the letters in the word budget? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I didn't get that one. <laughs> How many words can you make from the words in the uh, in the letters and budget? Uh, how about let's say forty? Oh, you're pretty close, Joe. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. <laughs> I had like four. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So here's some examples: budge, debut, tubed, duet, dub, get, bug, beg, debt. And then, of course, you can add, gosh, there were probably 20 two-letter words that, you know, I've never heard of that apparently are official words. And that's what make, that's what gets you to 34 words total. Wow. All right, Adam, let's travel overseas. True or false, the architectural structure structures featured on the Euro banknotes over in Europe are fake. True or false? Um. It's a bit true? of a trick question, actually. True. Well, yes, it is true, but they were originally fake. So brief history, it was, uh, I think it was March 2002 when all of Europe, or I guess, you know, the European Union switched over to the euro currency. And at that time, the banknotes all showed fake structures. The reason was obvious because they didn't want to show any favoritism right. towards any yep. country. So they were all just fake architectural creations. But then 10 years later, a Dutch designer said, let's build these things. <laughs> and uh, he took on building all of the bridges that are featured on the various banknotes. And so somewhere in the Netherlands, there is a housing development around which each of these bridges that are pictured on these uh, banknotes actually now have been built and you can you can walk across a fake river I guess <laughs> but yeah it was a case of um, reality imitate, imitating or how is that saying go guys uh, reality f imitating help me out what is what <laughs> is it art art imitating life or art uh, so, yeah <laughs> something like that who knows <laughs> I guess we'll move on uh, Joe <laughs> How long does a dollar bill last before it wears out? This is multiple choice. Okay. Is it one and a half years, five years, or eight years? Mm. About one and a half. You got it, one and a half years, and it usually gets out of commission 
because it falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> Runs through the washing machine a few times too yep. many. <laughs> yeah, and and hold that thought because uh, there's something about that later on. So mm, save okay. save that thought, Adam. What compels Americans the most to make a purchase? Is it a buy one, get one off deal? Is it a specific dollar discount on an item? Or is it free shipping? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say free shipping. No, that is actually the uh, lowest reason. Uh, It's the buy one, get one free. People love a BOGO deal. Uh, 45% 45% of people responded said that that is why they buy something. 17% are on the dollar discount and 16% on the free shipping. This is a lot about Americans as consumers that we like something because we can get two of them. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one would be good enough, but I can get another one for free. Let's take two. Never mind that I won't use it in two years, right? (laughs) Joe, this is a frightening question, guys. Over your lifetime, how much are you likely to pay in interest overall? Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, count like houses and student loans and all that sort of stuff and car loans. Oh, that's scary. Credit cards. I'm going to say $100,000. That's probably low. Yeah, you're very low. It is $600,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> Imagine more than half a million. Wow. But, you know, you don't have a choice. I mean, these days you can't buy a house really unless you have some sort of a mortgage going. So, yep, you have to assume some sort of debt. Yeah, yeah. All right, two more questions here. Adams, uh, traces of what common drug are most often found on paper money in circulation? Traces of what common drug? Um, cocaine. You got it. it. You got it. <laughs> and now here's another. Sure, that was awesome. <laughs> I knew that one. <laughs> here's a bonus fact, and this you now this is an older study. In 2009, there's a study that revealed that in cities like Detroit, L.A., Miami, Boston, and some others. Every bill they tested had cocaine traces of cocaine on it. Wow. Every single bill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question for you, Joe. And uh, it goes back to your earlier comment about uh, money going in the wash. Uh, true or false, what we refer to as paper money is actually not made from paper. True or that's, false? That's true. It's fabric. That is correct. It is 75% cotton and 25% linen. And I think that explains why typically a bill that makes it through a wash cycle tends to survive, right? It doesn't fall into pieces like a like a paper towel or a tissue tissue paper. Or a checkbook ledger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, yes, it all the writing is gone. I have a clean ledger here. <laughs> and, and and honestly, who even carries a ledger in their back pocket anymore? I don't know what why I needed that. <laughs> so there you have it, guys. Some some interesting, concerning, and frightening facts. Yes, I feel I money. Feel smarter now. Yeah. Speaking of smarter, a uh, little tease for our next episode, gentlemen. We are going to have a homeschool expert join us. We're talking homeschooling. Yes, I'm excited. That's a huge trend and um, for several years now, but maybe more so during the pandemic. And um, my special interest in this topic, you guys, is that in Germany, where I'm hailing from, it is entirely illegal, right? I mean, yes. you, 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 you can get arrested for it. And I have been... Utterly 
enthralled with this uh, concept here in America, not necessarily because because I'm I want to do it myself, but I, I just love this idea that parents take on this duty. And I want to hear all about it from our special guest. Yes. So special guest next time. And Axel, will we also hear an update next time, maybe on your choice of becoming an American? Ooh, that might be a good idea. Yeah, we had uh, talked about that. And it is true. I need to recheck the dates. But I think within a couple of weeks here, I will have spent more time in this country than in my home country. And that was one of the reasons where I said, now it's time to consider citizenship, dual citizenship, I should yes. say. So, yes, I will provide an update. You'll hear it here first or maybe fourth, maybe maybe tenth. At some point, you'll hear it here. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, great talking with you again. Hopefully we saved uh, some people some money here. Uh, you know, if we did, they could send it to us uh, for sponsorship. <laughs> maybe we could get a coffee out of the deal. Yeah. Keep dreaming there, son. Keep dreaming. (laughs) (laughs) Good talking with you guys. Until next time, we'll see you later. Have a good one. Take care. Mm